Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me on this lovely Wednesday afternoon is the one and only Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. It's uh, it's actually your fault that we are going a day late this week instead of mine, as is usually the case. Well, I guess as- it was mutual, but... As with the case of everything that's to blame these days, it was climate change. <laughs> Hurricane Hillary was uh, blowing through Southern California, although not really. I mean, I guess I guess Tijuana got hit pretty hard. I don't know if some parts of California got a lot of rain, but yeah, I was supposed to fly out of LAX Monday morning. And so I start getting all these alerts from the airlines being like, hey, you know, you can change your flight if you want to, because like Hurricane Hillary might cause some delays, blah, 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 blah. And usually when they talk about these hurricanes, they end up fizzling before they make landfall. But I didn't like my flights to begin with. So I was like, all right, maybe I can change it because (laughs) my first flight from Seattle to LAX was at fucking 545 in the morning. And um and then my flight from LAX to Mexico is at like 11. So I was uh, was hoping I'd be able to find some better flight times, but not they had the exact same ones available. So all I did was push it a day and still had to get up at, you know, 345 in the morning or whatever yesterday. So, but, you know, I'm back. It all worked out. Not a, not too bad of a travel experience. Elastic Airlines is kind of weird if you buy their, like, um, their saver ticket or something they give you a it says they give you a a seat at check-in which i was like isn't that always how you get a seat but they don't give you a seat at check-in it's like they put you on a waiting list for a seat at check-in and i was like fourth on the list when i got there and so i i landed at the airport like three hours before the flight and i tried to get them to like give me a seat and they're like no we do it like 30 minutes before the final boarding call or whatever. And I was like, all right. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching the board. And then like all the, now there's like 12 names on it and I'm still number four. And I'm like, all right, this should be fine. Cause the lady said it wasn't a very full flight. And I watch every single name on that list, get a seat before me. (laughs) And now it's final boarding call. I had to go up to the desk. I was like, you guys still haven't given me a seat yet. She's like, you don't have a seat. And I was like, no. And she told this guy in front of me, who was trying to get like an upgrade that the flight was full, full or something. And I was like, wait a minute, where's my fucking seat? And she's like, oh yeah, they had plenty of seat. Like they gave me like a, the uh, exit row seat or whatever like that. And I was like, yeah, I just need to get on this plane. And I had the whole row to myself. So it was like, it ended up being fine, but it was just unnecessarily stressful. I'm just sitting there for like an hour wondering if I'm going to get fucked on this flight and not get a, a seat. I don't know why they do that. 
anyway, yeah. As far as a lot of my travel experience goes, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> and it is hot here, man. Holy shit. I almost forgot how hot and humid it is. I say, how hot is it down there? Because we're having a, we're, let's see, my, the little notification on my computer says near record highs. It's, it's 94 degrees. I'm pretty sure this is nowhere even remotely close to near record highs, but everything has been near record highs this year. And we're, we're experiencing, we're experiencing the most severe heat wave the planet has ever seen. But I mean, there's, I'm old enough to remember when it used to consistently be in the hundreds in this part of the world, uh, you know, just like not that many years ago. And yeah. it's there and now they're calling 92 to 94 degrees, like record highs. Right. Do you all know what record means? Well, it just depends on where you draw the line. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's about 93 here at the heat index of 111. So it's very humid. And of course, I have to close the door so we get good sound for this. I lose my ocean breeze. But the things I suffer for the pedaling fiction fans. <laughs> anyway, we got uh we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Um what should we start with? Uh say so speaking of how hot it is, uh I'm sure Hawaii is uh oh, not I heard a the cool ground place. was very hot there when Joe Biden landed. <laughs> He is yeah, taking so much shit for this. And I got to say, I think people's expectations from him, from him are just way too high. <laughs> what were you expecting from, from his trip to Maui? Uh, for sure, I expected him Biden? to fall off the plane. I expected him to fall asleep. And I expected him to have a retarded story. It's like, what were you expecting from my Biden presidency period? The dude was... He has been the butt of so many jokes for his entire political career. I mean, the plagiar the plagiarizing speeches, just his general demeanor. Um, the his entire eight years as vice president, he was he was a running joke. Like the joke was always how dumb he was. Like it it shifted from being how dumb Dan Quayle was as a as a vice president to how dumb Joe Biden was as a vice president. Like, did everybody just forget that we literally spent eight years with him, the butt of every political joke on the planet? And then they thought he was just going to, like, magically uh, not be that? Right. Yeah, it's it's bizarre to me why people think he's capable of anything else other than this. Like, this is what we were expecting as soon as he got the nomination. And then when he won, it was just like, oh, man, this is going to be hilarious to watch this guy fumble through a presidency with dementia at a really old age and have people just like the media just carry water for him and not discuss these things. Yeah. And, and just watching people get so angry at him. He's just a confused old man wandering around. Like, what? why did you think anything else was going to happen? But, man, are they livid with him in Hawaii. Because he's being a typical senile Joe Biden, like saying stupid things, coming up with like retarded stories that diminish the the problems that Maui people are facing, makes it all about him, of course. And I don't know, like, I guess when he landed, he's like, man, this ground's hot, man. Like, yeah, yeah, they had a big fire and it's probably pretty hot there to begin with. 
but yeah, go ahead and let's uh, let's hear what his speech to the to the Hawaiians. God, does he look fucking stupid though? What are they? Why is he wearing? What's that thing called around his neck? Uh, a light. It starts with an L. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters. He almost lost his wife, his 67 Corvette, and his cat. Poor guy. Poor guy. And then it was uh, later verified that he completely, or I don't think he completely fabricated the story, but the the fire department that serviced the, the house, or that was there, like, when the fire happened, said that he, like, drastically embellished like there was no actual risk of anything like it was a really really minor like yeah of course nothing burger of a fire it's like he has dealt with significant loss in his life like i guess if i'm telling a story it doesn't have to be about a fire you know what i mean like you'd be like yeah i know what you're going through i've lost loved ones like i'm surprised he just didn't bring up bow blah 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 but yeah, just really toned up. I, I like how he even starts it off with, uh, he's like, I don't want to diminish the the problems that you guys are having, but I almost lost my Corvette once and a cat. So I know exactly what you're going through. Oh that's my the God. way you drum up sympathy is by telling people about your 67 Corvette. That's, that's really going to make them feel bad for you after they've just lost like literally everything they own. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, very few people, I think, very few locals would have uh, the money to buy a 67 Corvette, even absent the fire damage that just took away every possession they have. And maybe some of their love. What's the death count up to now? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the death count is. I saw a thing not long ago that like 1,200 people were still missing. Like, I mean, it, I seems, it seems like a safe assumption that they're probably not still alive but there's like yeah, 1200 people missing there was now i think the last confirmed number i saw was like 500 but yeah there's still like a thousand maybe there's another five or six hundred people missing or something it's it's pretty bad it's pretty well, bad did you see the stuff about um where they sent school children home but the the children's parents were still at work so like all these kids just like get sent home to empty houses with no while you know these fires are raging and and that is also a significant portion of the literal hundreds who are still missing are these children that got sent home from school with no supervision no notification to parents or anything just sent them home oh my god i did not hear that 
Jesus. It, yeah, it just keeps getting worse. Every With every passing day, there's another story that comes out about how the government just completely botched this uh, on every imaginable level. Like they didn't do one thing right. And, and it's, I, gee, yeah, I had no idea that they sent the kids home. I'm just like, yeah, get out of here. Not notifying the parents. That is, that is unbelievable. Well, and apparently the police aren't the only ones failing in Maui, uh, as far as government officials. Bad government, not climate, to blame for the Maui wildfire disasters. Not that this comes as any surprise to anybody who's done any research on like the California wildfires over the years and, and a lot of these others uh, that have that have taken off over the last decade or so. Uh, it's it's almost always some usually usually like uh, the forest department or or land management or something like that, like the, their ass backwards environmental policies actually create the scenario that then leads to the fires. Yeah, scroll down a little bit because I, I know we've talked a lot about this. Uh, I, I thought each day I was like, okay, I think we got all the government malfunctions in this, but no, it turns out that there's even more. Uh, so the Maui government had actual knowledge of drought conditions and constructive knowledge that arson was a possibility. Uh, the grasslands that the wildfire blew through did not dry overnight. Drought conditions are a significant risk factor for out-of-control wildfires. Everybody knows this. This is all this is all on government-controlled land, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, once again, uh, usually when these, especially like in California, when those wildfires get, you know, out of control, it's because they neglect simple uh, maintenance of the land to minimize what. Uh, you know, the the damage that these types of fires, which are inevitable, uh, these fires are always going to happen. But if you if you take over the land and then neglect to maintain it properly, you exacerbate the the conditions of uh, yeah that lead to drastic, huge out of control fires that kill a bunch of people. Um so no warning was issued, no public emergency or plans made for the possibility of wildfires. Uh, uh, uh. The Biden administration has taken all of government approach to climate. Every federal agency has got some sort of initiative. We know that. Uh, they spent a bunch of money on various climate initiatives. Yep, nothing new there. Well, like this is saying in uh, a little over a year ago in May of 2022, they, Maui officials were investigating arson that had uh, resulted in a whole bunch of like small fires cropping up all over the island. Like this is not something that's new. Like what 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 are they doing to prevent this? What are they doing to actually like stop people from like setting these fires? It, it doesn't make any sense. Like why aren't they doing anything to mitigate this problem i mean it's a we, we talked about it before but you know, it's a fucking island like there's water everywhere right <laughs> it seems like maybe there are now uh, i don't know steps you could take to to keep this from being such a problem yeah it, uh, i think yeah and part of the point of the, that this article gets at is like 
they're spending all this money trying to change the climate instead of trying to adapt to what the climate is going to do. Like instead of trying to anticipate, be like, all right, uh, there's a drought coming. Wildfires are a possibility. Let's do everything we can to make sure that once the wildfire hits, or maybe if it's arson or something like that, it doesn't get out of control and we're, we'll be able to, uh, you know, keep the, the destruction to a minimum. But instead, you know, it's like green technology and windmills and solar panels and all this shit. They're spending billions of dollars on this stuff and they, they just have nothing in place for when things go bad. Well, and like all of the stuff that they're trying to do with these green initiatives, I've, I've talked about it a whole bunch on my own show, like the electric car stuff, the the energy that it takes to create or to produce a battery for those electric cars that you're it takes it would take eight years of driving that electric car for you to hit like net neutral on your on your carbon footprint and then you know what the average lifespan of one of those batteries is it's It's about eight yeah five to eight years like eight, eight years is like towards the middle like i think the i think like the high end is like 10 to 11 years but on okay. average, they're like they're good yeah, for about eight right years. Right about there, and then you need a new one. Yeah. So then you just then you just hit the reset button on it, and then all the like all the stuff with coal or uh, with um, the solar and and the wind power stuff, like the copper that they use for those turbines and for those solar panels, the mining process for all of that copper is it uses a metric fuck ton of coal and oil like the equipment that they run for those copper mines they there's literally not a green alternative they have to have coal powered smelters to get the the copper hot enough to make a to make coil that will work for these things like there's no there's no other there's no alternative version or uh, way to generate the heat necessary to to get the copper hot enough to make the to make the wires that are that are needed for it so like the 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 green initiative is keeping fossil fuels alive more than anything else yeah yeah the more demand there are for these things the more demand there's going to be for for coal to make them yeah it's great well and then you know what i found out like a week or two ago was that they have no way of disposing of these massive wind turbines after they're done with them they're just like dumping them in the woods and shit. These huge fucking metal things. They have no way of getting rid of them. Well, it's the same. It's so the same way off. for the uh, solar panels. Like the the solar panels, if they get damaged in a hailstorm or something, they're just they're just useless. Like they they don't have. There's not a there's not a way to recycle them. I think I think they have over the last like five years started to develop some of those windmills in a in a manner that it can be recycled to some extent but they've been putting these things up for 20 years so like okay cool you can you can now recycle the stuff that you made over the last like two or three years what about all of the ones that you've been putting up for all this time they're just getting landfilled the same for the solar panels they just get landfilled or a lot of times what happens with the solar panels is they just sit there and then once and once they've gotten broken they also start to like leak uh toxic chemicals into the ground around them so now now you can't even go in and remove 
these solar farms and turn it back into regular farms because the ground is toxic. It's the same for the windmills, like the amount of oil that those things leak once they like die and stop working. Now it's just a giant eyesore and all of the land around it has been destroyed. It's, it's useless. Like these things are, these things are so much more environmentally damaging than what the supposed, you know, uh, benefit of green energy would would be it's it's just fucking insane god that's wild man yeah the thing is it just sounds so good if you just say green energy it fits on a bumper sticker save the planet you don't see you can't see any of that stuff like if you have like a factory or coal like you see the smoke going up into the air and it's just like all right that's kind of tangible but if it's just like leaching into the ground nobody sees it nobody hears it out of sight it's out of mind and it's it's green man it just sounds good well and you know they talk about this you know the smoke in the air and all the smog and all of that stuff there's a coal power plant about eight to ten miles up the road to the north here there's another one about 30 miles to the south here when i that i go past driving to work every day there's another one that's uh about an hour hour and a half from here over just just a couple miles away from my old house. You know what I've never experienced is smog or like air pollution, anything like that. Now, on the other hand, when I lived in New Jersey and went through Trenton all the time and, and Philadelphia, would drive up into New York, all kinds of air pollution, all kinds of smog where, you know, they don't have these coal plants like we've got. And we have, I mean, it's blue skies and we don't have, uh, you know, problems like that. Well, what are these things doing that's so terrible? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just uh, on, you know, up in the northwest, and there's all kinds of air pollution from these fires that have been raging around. Uh, I've never seen so many people obsessed about checking the air quality. <laughs> I guess they have these apps, and they're like, "Oh, this is really bad air quality over here and over here and over there." It's just like, yeah, but there was like some fires up in Canada or whatever, and it was, yeah. It was ruining all the air quality. And why were the fires so bad? Uh, because the government mismanages the land. Most, yeah, it's just, it's hopeless. It really is hopeless. And then we haven't even, like, the fact that China pollutes more than the entire rest of the world combined is never even factored into the equation. So let's say all this green energy stuff did work. And they had proper ways of disposing of everything, and it didn't take more coal to produce the green things. And it's like all of that. Let's say it worked out in like this fantasy world to just be the greenest, greatest thing ever. It's not going to matter unless China's doing it too, and which India. they're not. Yeah, and then India. Yeah, China, and then India. <laughs> it's like, goddamn. And God also, it. you know, never mind the fact that there's no actual evidence that anything has like they you know like i said earlier there i've got the little notification showing on the bottom of my screen that says near record high or near record high temperatures except that it's not like i can remember when it was 102 just within the last i don't know five years like around this time of year like they keep they keep pushing the fear porn that all this stuff is so terrible but there's no verifiable evidence that shows that any of it is 
actually that bad. Did you ever read Michael Crichton's State of Fear? No. Uh, so so Crichton, uh, Crichton was actually a scientist. He wasn't an author. He just ended up writing a bunch of stuff. And all of his sci-fi was, uh, it had some basis in reality. The, so the, the glossary on State of Fear, State of Fear was about climate change. The glossary in the back of that book was like th- that thick. And it was all this research on that more or less debunked climate change entirely. And he wrote this back in like the early 2000s. I think it was 02 or 04, somewhere in that somewhere in that neighborhood. But yeah, like the the research is plentiful that shows that climate change is not a real thing. The stuff that they use to say climate change is a real thing is either pseudo pseudoscience or just narrative driven. It's there's no like real science behind it. Yeah, there's there's one guy on Twitter I follow, uh, Steve Malloy. I don't know if you've seen anything. Junk science. I think his handle is Junk Science. And like every couple of days, he's just like coming out with like studies that debunk all this like CO two level stuff that they're always talking about. It's pretty interesting. I've never, I, I haven't had enough time to really dive into it. But anecdotally, every day I see some him pointing to some study. And some level where it's like, if I just pulled up his latest tweet, it would be like, yeah, like the CO2 level is like 0.1% higher than it was last year. And that like, then this period from like 1970 to 2000, it's just like, yeah, there's no, there's no substance to this whatsoever. Well, it's like uh, at the, at the polls, like at the ice caps, they've, they've done drillings where they can go back and, and look at the ice over like centuries and see kind of how the climate has behaved. And based on based on the uh, like the research that they've done on like ice corings and stuff at the poles, they've found that we're probably in a period of mild to cooler temperatures as far as the the planet is concerned. Like we're even even over the last like two hundred years or so, we're within two or three degrees of the, of like the high temperatures or the average temperatures over that time and if you go back like thousands of years we're we're actually in more of a, a cool a moderate to cool period of of the planet's history but never mind that because all of the democratic retards on twitter say that it's the uh, it's the hottest that the planet has been in 120,000 years yeah right and they freak like I, the amount of propaganda just around that hurricane Hillary, which wasn't even a hurt. It was downgraded from like a hurricane, like multiple times. And then from a, a hurricane to a tropical storm, three tropical storm, two tropical storm, one. And then the only thing that happened in LA was like it rained for a day. <laughs> it's just like what they closed down the schools. They declared a state of emergency. They love this shit. And they just, the fear porn that they do, if it has something to do with climate change, man, do they go all out? We gotta, uh, what's we gotta move on a little bit. That's too much climate change stuff. You want to talk about uh, transgender powerlifters? I would love to, <laughs> because there's no difference to, between men and women. <laughs> transgender powerlifter smashes women's world record by more than four hundred and forty pounds. not even yeah Yeah. so this is the canadian powerlifters union championships 
Annie Andres lifted 597.5 kilograms or 1,317 pounds. <laughs> I can't believe that anybody can lift this much weight. That doesn't look that strong. But um, it's at least 440 pounds more than the top performing woman. Uh, this is a 40-year-old gender transition. Oh, he transitioned at 20. So he's been been transitioned for quite some time after going through male puberty according to an instagram post uh he didn't touch a barbell his entire life until seven years ago so he just started lifting at 33 um and all of a sudden he just smashes the woman's record probably without even trying um his testosterone is lower than almost every human on the planet I doubt that. I bet you it's higher than every woman on the planet. <laughs> Biological woman. Uh, it was during puberty. It's not existent now. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this is great. So um, the reason I, I had this and then I pulled another <laughs> article, I guess, about this transgender stuff is they still haven't eliminated men from powerlifting in women's competitions. But the whatever that chess club is, they have now made it official that uh, biological men cannot compete in women's chess tournaments, which I just thought was just the icing on the cake for this entire retarded transgender thing that's going on. If there were one area where you'd think it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, one competition it would be chess there's nothing physical it's all mental i don't care what your hormone level is or anything like that you just have to move the pieces around the board in the best way possible but the international chess federation has become the latest governing body to completely ban trans identifying biological men from competing in women's competitions See, I think this is really interesting because this is more or less the International Chess Federation admitting that men are smarter than women. Like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> They're certainly concerned that they have some sort of unfair advantage being men playing chess versus being women playing chess. Right, because um, they're not just gonna they're not gonna just ban trans women from competing in chess unless they think there is a competitive advantage like you wouldn't think so unless they really are just like sick of the whole woke trans movement and they wanted to put their foot down but i don't does it say what do they have a like a a justification for banning them player holds any of this i say i don't see any I don't see anything that's giving the particulars for why they... Ah, here we go. Probably because of this. St Stanley Omodi disguised himself and cheated through chest, through chest Kenya open as a woman where he was poised to win uh, $500,000, uh, whatever their currency is. <laughs> he kept his identity secret by wearing an akab and using the name Millicent Awar. 
So this dude is pretending to be a Muslim woman and just running circles around these other women in the Yeah, well, I know I don't follow a lot of chess, but I I'm pretty sure like the best chess players in the world are men. Like I've never seen like a grandmaster at chess who's a woman. I don't know if that's a thing, but it's always like some Russian guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like I don't know if they. But who was that? What was that Netflix show? The Queen of something. Oh um, yeah, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. She was. She seemed to be better at beating all the men in chess. I thought, didn't she break the glass ceiling? Well, so one of the things that it talks about here in the article is they have open competitions where it's just everybody. Like it's a free-for-all. You just enter. It doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. They also allow women to sign up for and compete in men's tournaments. But it's just, the only thing that they're doing is they're saying that a biological man cannot enter into a exclusively women's tournament if you yeah. want to compete against men and women there are open tournaments like, there's there's plenty of they're not preventing these people from being able to compete they're just saying you can't compete against women in a women's only tournament yeah yeah and that I, when you look at the number it says here like there's far fewer female chess players than there are men and so like if you're a decent men's chess player, you probably have a, a, a better chance of placing higher against a bunch of women. If they're drawn from a smaller pool, there's only going to be a couple really good women players and you can, maybe it's easier to place in the top five or whatever and get a payout, that kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, they, they let women compete in men's. So you're, you're allowed to cross, cross over if you're looking for better challenges. Yeah, I, I just love how it's um, women have been sort of uh, tricked into supporting this trans movement. They've been sort of guilted into it or you know what I mean, where it's like they're the ones that are usually suffering from this. Anybody should be the most uh, irate about all of these men pretending to be women competing in their sports. It should be women. But they're like too afraid. They're they've been shamed into supporting it, like no matter to their own detriment. Oh, fuck. Yeah, man. it is pretty nuts. It is pretty nuts how how women have been guilt tripped into their own destruction, basically. And 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 it is because of you know the way that the brains are wired. Like women are naturally wired more for sympathy and empathy and and, and nurture and, and stuff like that whereas men are more naturally uh wired for competition and for like survivalist type stuff so if you're going to co-op somebody it's the people who are empathetic and and are are going to going to make decisions based on uh, emotion as opposed to rational thought they 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 put themselves in this position by not being willing to just say no this is this is fucked up and stupid by trying by caring too much they they brought this upon themselves right yeah and you just have to we've seen some uh, a lot of like high school athletes and things like that if they're losing 
college scholarships they've come out and been like this isn't fair like the, the swimmers and the soccer players are like this is not fair to us and you know they get labeled you know transphobic or whatever again you just give them a good fuck off <laughs> just like stick to your stick to your beliefs and stand up for yourself and these people will go away yeah a little a little bit of uh testicular fortitude and and just being willing to say no fuck you it's, it goes a long way in life yeah well i want to tease that for friday because you know there are some uh rumblings that there's these things that might be coming back around that are going to require some telling it's going to require a big fuck you yeah there is a big push just over the last uh week or so to ramp up the covid fears again i guess there's some new variant uh, up in canada and the u.s that's wreaking havoc once again they're trying to bring back masks i saw an alex jones clip he's ringing the alarm that uh some he talked to some tsa manager who says they've been instructed that like in september they're going to bring back masks in the airport and then uh yeah they're going to try to go from there that is Alex Jones, but they are, there is a big push to bring back these masks and try to ramp up COVID again, coincidentally, right ahead of the election and right ahead of the new round of vaccines coming out. Apparently the next booster shot is uh, about to become available. Um, not to prevent this. That? Yes, they're coming out with a new, a new vaccine. Um, it's not designed to prevent this newest wave because uh, they're always behind the current variant. But make sure you get that booster. <laughs> make sure you get that new booster when it comes out. They're, it sounds like they're getting ready to drum this up again. And we're going to have to be a lot more steadfast in our, in our uh, just pure rejection of this i am not prepared to go through any of that again on any level and i really hope nobody else capitulates yeah it's going to be interesting i posted it on twitter and facebook earlier i said you know we're we're about to find out who the sheep are and a lot of people come in and said we already did it's like no this is this is different like what we found out in 2020 and 2021 were the people who were incapable of independent thought and who trusted that the health and safety people actually had their best interests in mind or at heart. Now that we've seen everything, we're about to find out who the ones that literally have no ability to use their brain. Yeah. We're we're about to really see who those in the face are. of just irrefutable evidence overwhelming evidence um con contradicting everything that they were told over the last three years and man there were still people on this plane putting their masks on uh, a lot of people in lax a lot of people in seattle still doing it and yeah we already know there's definitive studies that that prove that these masks don't do anything and that's going to be the first thing that they push for. And then who knows how, how crazy they'll go. They're going to try to get to it. Uh, it's, it depends on how much you push back. Yeah. It's going to be, 
it's going to be interesting. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I want to see. I want to see how the how the company I work for responds to this, because we are fairly. Uh, most of our largest facilities are pretty rural and not super on board with a lot of this bullshit. Uh, the the company had a highly vested interest in the um, the vaccine mandates not becoming a thing because. At the time, I think it was like globally, 40% of the company was vaccinated, and that was very conservative projections. And domestically, less than 20 were vaccinated. And at most facilities, it was like in the single digits for for, for percentages. Like uh, the the majority of that less than 20 came from like corporate offices and stuff. The the actual production plants didn't did not have compliance because it's a bunch of bunch of fucking rednecks like me that were like hell no I'm not getting that shit um so it, it'll be interesting to see how if if state and federal government start rolling out recommendations for masks and all of this other stuff again to see how the corporate world responds to that and then to see how the workforce responds to their bosses telling them they have to do this stuff it's uh god damn it I, I can't, I, I'm just so glad I'm out of it. I'm just so glad I'm out of it. The only thing that's going to drive me crazy is like trying to travel to other countries and things like that was such a pain in the ass. And there's no way around that. Uh, if you're, if you're planning on traveling, you have to go through their ridiculous things to get into the countries, man, we'll see. But yeah, there's God, it, like remember when they tried to roll out the, the passport um vaccine passport things that like they only did that as an escalation because we went along with everything else it's if you give them an inch they're going to take a mile so don't even let them bring back the masks because once they do that then they're just going to push you over the next line and the line after that and the line after that well and as soon as the the vaccine passport thing got pushed back on it just went away like it just went away. They they realized they had pushed too far and they stopped. So like non-compliance is going to be the key. Like if they say do this and you say fuck you, then they'll be like, okay, maybe we maybe we made a mistake. Maybe we don't want to do this. I mean, most of most of policy and stuff is based on what people are willing to accept, not what's actually necessary or legal. And you have to realize, like, always remember that there are a lot more of us than there are of them. And they are afraid of you. That's why there's so much. They're so afraid of Donald Trump because he can command a lot of people to to go against the system that they have so successfully put in place. And yet they are terrified of us. That's why they they try to keep us fighting amongst ourselves. You know, they they keep race baiting, uh, class warfare, all this stuff. It's designed to keep us distracted fighting amongst ourselves while they get away with literal murder and rob us blind and i think that's going back to that whole richmond north of richmond song that's why it was so popular because yeah it's it transcended all of those petty things that they get us fighting over and spoke to every single person that they're afraid of and the sooner you realize that there are people that rule and there are people that are being ruled the the sooner you can start to resist this thing um i I think we have are the is the first republican debate tonight is that tonight i can't 
I think it I don't might know be if that's a Wednesday, I don't know right? if that's an official debate or if it's just a um, like some preliminary type stuff. I, it very well could be. I know this is getting close to the time of year that they start doing that. So I think the first be, debate is tonight. I know Trump yeah. wasn't going to be Trump wasn't going to be participating in the first debate. He was he was going to be was he he's doing something with Tucker Carlson tonight, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to try to upstage it. Uh, that's. That is like the most big dick energy ever. It's like, yeah, y'all are gonna have y'all's debate and every and all the uh all the also brands are gonna get up on stage and and yammer at each other. I'm gonna go on with Tucker and and have the action have the actual show for the night. Yeah, it is definitely tonight. Um, I'm trying to see who made the cut here. Let's see, we got DeSantis, Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, who else there's more than just three people there's eight candidates right it says eight i say they got is pence gonna be in it pence is such a worthless pencil neck uh, uh Chris Christie. i don't know i don't keep i don't keep up with the republican front runners that much it's it's either trump or nobody basically like desantis is DeSantis had his moment in the sun with a lot of the lockdown stuff, but around late 2021, going into 2022, when it became apparent that a lot of the like vaccine mandates and weren't going to last or weren't going to make it, that the uh, the lockdowns and stuff were coming to an end, all of the like COVID protocols and measures were were coming to an end. That was kind of his his moment in the sun was standing up to the regime on that stuff. And when that stuff's no longer in the forefront, then a lot of these candidates kind of lost the things that made them good. Whereas Trump has that Trump energy to him. So it's, this is like the revenge campaign. Trump going after the establishment and going after Joe Biden and the whole 2020 narrative. And all the others who are in on this, like that are running for, the nomination on the Republican side, it just it feels like a it feels like a side mission. Like you don't need you don't need it for to get the to get the full you know plot of the game. But you could you could distract yourself with it for a little while if you really feel like killing some time. That's that's where the field is as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's I think it's going to be a pretty boring debate. Uh, I will watch it, I guess just so that I can do a little recap for the podcast. I do want to hear what Vivek Ramaswamy has to say. He's kind of interesting. I, I was wondering if I know I heard Larry Elder was running. I don't know if he made the cut because you had to get like 1% in a couple polls or something like that. And then you had to have a certain number of donations, like 40,000 separate donations or something like that. Here we go. I got the feel for you. It's Ron DeSantis, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Tim Scott, and Doug Burgum. I have no idea who Doug Burgum is, but he made the cut. Okay, so no Larry Elder. That's too bad. Been nice to see him up there. All right, well, yeah, I don't, it's just going to be such a typical Republican, like politician y debate. It's going to be so goddamn boring. 
I don't think there's anything exciting that could possibly happen. I just don't. If Trump's not going to be there and you don't really, like there's nobody else that can really hold a flame to him. So yeah, there, there's really no upside for him to being in these debates. I understand why he's not doing it. Whatever he's doing with Tucker Carlson is going to be far more entertaining. Like far more entertaining. Have you watched any of Tucker's stuff since he's been doing the... Uh... I've only seen like a couple clips here and there. I haven't been following it too closely. It's pretty good. He's he's putting out some good stuff, and it's it's like easily consumed consumable. It's like ten to fifteen minutes long, very very straight to the point. Very like he he's got some uh, the stuff that he's been doing since he left Fox has been very good and and very poignant. I think so. So that that's like he's he's going to he's going to steal the spotlight tonight easily. I would I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. We can go over what happens tonight on Friday, along with uh, we'll dive more into this this push to bring back all the retarded COVID restrictions, starting with the masks. And uh, yeah, anything else that happens between now and then, it'll be a fun live episode and a happy hour Friday, I think, right? Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, we'll do another happy hour Friday. That was pretty fun. Oh, I got to see, uh, I got to do the summer porch tour with Robbie the Fire this past Sunday. So I got to see him and uh, BK Chris. That was a lot of fun. Had a good time. Highly recommended if he's going to be in your area. He does uh, 30 minutes or so of some good stand up, maybe 40 minutes. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. Interesting crowd, lots of food being made. The uh, the host had a crazy garden, just all kinds of stuff growing back there. You would have liked, you would have loved it. He's on, he's growing his own hops. Heck yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Friday, Friday night happy hour, Friday night or Friday afternoon live episode. So stay tuned for all of that. Go check out the interview I did for the expat money show. And I think they're doing that. Um, I heard somebody about talking about, it might've been Ron Paul, because he's going to be speaking at it. They're doing another expat money show summit or something. They do an, a big online summit every year. I think sometime in the next couple of months, you might want to check that out. I don't think it's, it might even be free to attend. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I was kind of bummed that I missed the last one because they had a lot of good speakers there. And uh, yeah, do all that for us. And we'll be back on Friday with a brand new episode for you. Until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.